0: We would like to acknowledge that the making of this podcast takes place on traditional Blackfoot Confederacy territory.
1: We respect and honor the survivors and those lost in the imposed assimilation and genocide committed by colonialism against
0: the Indigenous peoples. We hope that with this podcast, we can raise awareness on these issues and help smooth the road to reconciliation. Welcome to Depths of Lethbridge, where we talk about the issues that are right in your backyard. We are your hosts, Rick and Izzy.
1: This podcast is focused on bringing light to the issues in Lethbridge revolving around addiction, mental health, racism, and homelessness.
0: Disclaimer, some of the content within this podcast may contain triggering subject matter. So Iz, do you want to tell us, like, how you started this idea? You came to me one day, and do you want to... Tell us how that started. Yeah, so um,
1: without trying to reveal too many details, I was at work one day and I was having a chat with an individual and I just listened and they had the best story. And as I was listening to them, I thought, wow, this person really deserves to be on a podcast. And then I was like, hey, I I could probably facilitate that, you know? So then I went to my phone. I texted Ricky really quick. It's like 7.30 a.m. on a Saturday. And I'm like, hey, dude, I have this idea. Um, Should we do a podcast on this? (laughs) And then you were like, heck, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then I was a little nervous. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't. And we ended up talking about it again. And we started to just fool around and record our voices on our iPhones. And we really enjoyed it. And then we ended up making some really good connections mm-hmm. with some really good people. Shout out to this guy. <laughs> Don't know if he wants me to say his name, so <laughs> it's this guy for now. <laughs> um, so that's why we're here now. And I'm just really thankful to even have a fun project to work on over the summer. I think we're going to have a great time, and I really hope it works out.
0: So what type of industry are you working in, then, is just so everybody clarifies um, that you would meet this type individual? Yes,
1: so I work frontline with, um, let's just say, addictions and homelessness, a lot of all that good stuff, mental health, of course. Um, so I experience a lot in in pretty tricky situations and places, and it's been very eye-opening, and I just want to be able to share that with the
0: world. And so Izzy and I, we met also um, working at this same place <laughs> about a year and a half ago almost now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And we work together here. And over the past year and a half, my life in this city, you know, I've lived here my whole life. I really thought I understood this city. I understood its problems. I understood what should happen here. And it has been a smack to the face this past year and a half. And it has humbled me. And It's been quite the experience and it's definitely changed my viewpoint and I really want to get out there and just make it known to other people and not in the sense that, you know, I like, I want to change your opinions. I want to throw anything in your face. I just want you to hear the stories. I just want everybody to hear Mm -hmm. that everyone has a truth and everyone deserves to be heard Mm -hmm. and everyone just wants to be treated like a human being. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like, How can we not all want a place for that? Absolutely. So I think that's why this is really important. But we also, um, I have a really unique story, and I know you do too, Is If you want to talk about yours and tell us why it's important to Uh, you. Yeah,
1: so anyone who knows me, I tell them the story. I love just being vulnerable, obviously. Um, So I guess it starts my passion for addiction and homelessness and all these other issues that come together with it. I have had quite the experience with a couple of parents of mine. (laughs) (laughs) My parents (laughs) were alcoholics growing up. And this meant that as a kid, a lot of times their addictions would be placed before maybe my needs or my desires. Um, So we pretty much grew up in poverty. There were times when my parents couldn't pay the the gas bill, for example, so we wouldn't have hot water. And so we'd have to boil water, take a bath, that kind of thing and our fridge was almost always pretty much empty (laughs) my dad used to make these pepper sandwiches which was just bread mayo butter and fried peppers (laughs) and it was delicious but just to like show you like it was just crazy and i always hated my parents for that growing up i resented them and i just i always told myself i can't wait to get away i cannot wait And so my whole life, I was put into this mode of survival. It was like, I just need to get through this year's school, and then I go on to the next year of school, and then I maybe go off to college if I'm lucky, and I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but I'm just going to go. And so all through high school, my parents ended up in the worst state, I'd say, from their addictions. My mom's health started to decline. She couldn't work. My dad had moved us to this small town way up north where there's nowhere to rent. And we ended up renting rooms on uh, and on a reserve, actually. And I couldn't get to school because my parents both had DUIs. They couldn't drive me. Um, so I would just go stay at my friends' houses for months and months on end. And... It was mostly just a survival tactic, to be honest with you. Like, I didn't want to go home because there was no food at home. My parents couldn't even pay for my fees to play basketball for high school. It was just, it was really, really shitty, I guess. So, finally, I graduated high school. I was a great student. I went off to college, got a lot of scholarships, and did my first year of college. Struggled with my own encounters with substances and whatnot. Nothing too crazy, obviously, but. Then at the end of my first year of college, my mom ended up passing away and it was really shitty because at that time, her and my dad were living at the homeless shelter in this small town and I was always too scared to go there. My mom's health was deteriorating so I would take her to her hospital appointments and she had a seizure once when we were in Wendy's, like everything was just so scary and my mom just really wanted to move with me to Lethbridge. She's like, I will leave your dad here. Like, I'll just, I just want to move with you. I want to go to school with you. Like, I want, you know, like she wanted me to come to school in Lethbridge and her to live with me. And I hated that. I was like, I don't want that. Like, I can't take care of, I, I can't take that burden. And then she passed away and I felt so guilty for years. So I never grieved properly. I avoided all of my grief with weed and booze and then finally ended up sober because I was with one of my ex-partners, and I ended up sober for a few months, and I started having nightmares, like just straight-up nightmares that my mom needed something from me. It would just be like the simplest task. I needed to take her cat to the her cat's vet appointment, and I would be driving, and I just couldn't get there, and I just like woke up with s- such a heavy weight on my shoulders, and I would start crying, and, <laughs> <laughs> and this started to affect my relationship with my partner at the time. And I'm really thankful for him now because he is what pushed me to actually get help. So I ended up seeing a counselor, getting on some antidepressants. And then we broke up, me and this partner, and I was in my last year of university. And my dad ended up dying. And meanwhile, my dad had been drinking ever since. I mean, it probably would have been really dangerous for him to quit at this point because he drank his whole life, right? And He passed away. I was living seven hours away from him. I wasn't there and I just felt everything crash down again. And meanwhile, I'm still working this job in a really tough sector of society and getting burnt out without even thinking about it. And then boom, my brother, he was living in Newfoundland at this time. He's about 11 years older than me. I found out he was addicted to crack and he had been for like 15 years. And all of a sudden, he's homeless now because his partner left him because he just he wouldn't get sober. And all of a sudden, my brother gets money for a plane ticket back to Alberta. And just like that, I am put in this position where I have to decide whether I want to help him and take on that burden or whether I want to just let him do his own thing. And at first, it was really hard. I bit off way more than I could chew. I was driving him to, to and from work every day in Lethbridge. I was letting him stay with me and my roommates eventually that didn't work out i had to drop him off at the shelter and it was just a terrifying experience and long story short he's not in alberta anymore he's back on the east coast but it was just really shitty to deal with and now i'm so burnt out and i'm i'm just i'm taking some time from work for a little bit i'm gonna try something new and just do this podcast with you and i hope it brings us good good things but you also have a really good story
0: I just want to say is like, wow, that was it a good summary? Just (laughs) wow. Thank you just for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. Like, I think anyone who's listening can just say like they could just feel your story there. They could Mm -hmm. feel it and be with you there. And I just wanted to let you go with it. I didn't want to interrupt you because. Wow, that was powerful. Thank you. That was so powerful.
1: Uh, yeah, I noticed Thank you so didn't actually interrupt me at
0: all. Thank you, you, just you so much go. for sharing that with
1: us. Yeah. Huh.
0: That gave it me goosebumps. Nice. Good.
1: So let's hear yours then.
0: Well, my, my story is very different. From that, I would say um, complete opposite, actually. My father grew up with a dad who was an addict, and his father was an alcoholic and beat him and his brothers every day. So in our house, my father never drank. I never saw my father drink in front of me ever once. That wasn't to say my father ever dealt with his trauma properly. He definitely grew up into a narcissistic and paranoid personality disorder. Just with everything he had gone through in his life. Um, Looking back though, I would definitely say like my dad did the absolute best he could do given the circumstances he was in. Mm -hmm. And you really can't hold anyone against that once Mm -hmm. you can say that. But yeah, so I grew up just um, outside of Lethbridge um, in a small town. I won't name that town (laughs) in a little on a little acreage and just me and my parents and my brother. Um, I had a sister who was older that didn't live with us, a half sister from my father's first marriage. Um, we never really grew up talking about mental health. Everything was just swept under the rug. The only thing we really talked about was the fact that my mom was really sick. She had MS my whole life and that kind of really ruled it. Other than that and my dad's mental health issues, everything was revolved around them. When I was 12, they said that they were gonna go to Arizona for winters. And that was gonna be what they did. They were a little bit older when they had me. So by the time I was 12, they my mom had started getting pretty sick with MS and she had to retire. And my dad had a job where he only worked in the summers, and my brother moved out by that point, and they left me alone on an acreage when I was 12. First time for two months, and then every year would get a little bit longer. By the time I was 16, they would be gone for six months of the year. Wow. And then when they would come back for the other part of the year, they tried to be very strict. That obviously did not go really well with a teenager. And by 16, I was really addicted to drugs. Um, my mom's side of the family had always recreationally used drugs, but it was never a problem mm-hmm. for them. The addict side obviously comes from my father's side. So by the time I was 16, I was already into cocaine <laughs> and had, was using them daily. My parents then kicked me out of my house and I went to my boy, then boyfriend's and lived with him and his parents. That kind of continued a downward spiral. Obviously, it just kind of went from place to place, kind of like you, Izzy, just in survival mode at that point. And then I moved in with my sister. That didn't last too long as I was doing drugs in the basement as my nephews were upstairs when I was supposed to be watching them. And I was kicked out of my sister's house at 18 by 20, I'd isolated myself and burned all my bridges with my family. I at one point stole $2,500 from my mother, mm-hmm. her entire disability check. And I was ran out of places to couch surf. That's when I spent my first night in the shelter. I remember because I cried myself to sleep, but it was really warm. And it was a lot warmer than sleeping in my truck in the middle of winter. And I had no money to put any gas in my truck. Mm. That was one thing I did at least have. And I would say uh, even as like I'd had an advantage over other homeless people um, with a vehicle, because if it wasn't for that, I would be sleeping outside all the time. There was times when I would be super intoxicated. Um, By this point, I'd fallen more into heroin and meth as those were the cheaper drugs. And um, while outside and sleeping intoxicated, there were numerous times that I was raped as this is a constant issue that Mm. is today now still not talked about in Lethbridge. The much sexual assault that happens within the homeless population. It doesn't matter which gender we're going. It is a well-spread issue. I decided to finally get clean on Christmas day. I had been dating this guy um, for a little bit. Um, He was also a user. Um, It's pretty common to kind of find someone to latch to and use together he while I was overdosing he left me on the side of the road a random stranger found me and called 911 shout out to that random stranger if you ever hear this you saved my life Uh, they woke up in the hospital on Christmas day and I checked myself into the medical detox and I stayed there for four days and then I moved with that then boyfriend uh, to a small town Um, for three years, and I worked and was abused by him the whole time. I really should have probably, you know, Uh known better. He left me to overdose. Mm -hmm. Probably shouldn't have moved with him to a town, but I did. You know, you're young. Mm -hmm. So I spent three years being physically and sexually assaulted before I left him, and then three days after I left him, my father died, and that shattered my entire world. Mm -hmm. So I was left at 21, a very broken person, so I decided to sorry, 22, a very broken person, I decided to go to therapy. And I still go to that same therapist to this day because she saved my life. Mm-hmm. And I would not be sitting here without that. I would not be sitting here without the courage to go and tell my story to someone. And it really helped me and it changed my life. And to this day where we sit, I have been now been sober. I will hit 10 years on December 26th. <laughs> So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. I would just like to say like though, this for me is a very personal issue because mm-hmm. I, I literally fell into homelessness and addiction in this city and mm-hmm. I had to climb out of it. And mm-hmm. it was so hard and I am a very privileged white woman. So mm-hmm. I would love to see how hard it is for everybody else. And I just really wanna bring attention to that issue. Mm-hmm. I love that. Look
1: at us go all this passion and excitement. I love it.
0: Well, is I feel like we both talked about why it's important to us in a very personal experience, but we didn't really talk about where our lives have come or what we've decided to do with that passion. Mm-hmm. So I'd really like both of us to touch on that for mm-hmm. a second. Absolutely. You want to go first on this?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I ended up just finishing my bachelor's degree uh, at the University of Lethbridge with my focus being on general social sciences So that meant I picked three streams. Um, So basically, I did a lot of psychology, sociology, and economics, and then I also got a minor in history. And with that, I hope to just work within the community, um, gain some more experience, and then maybe when I'm a little bit older, go back to school. I'm thinking either social work or maybe a paramedic because I like the adrenaline of emergencies, and I also just like connecting with people so both of those Th- both of those are my choices I think that'd be amazing is mm-hmm. you'd be amazing you both thank
0: you and your journey where has it brought you well I decided um well after my father passed away and I went to therapy I really went on a journey to heal myself mm-hmm. I'd say that I really tried to find myself and I ended up discovering that I was actually gay and I came out um, at 24 Mm -hmm. and found the love of my life and we're now married and we own a house together and she's a paramedic Mm -hmm. and I have a diploma I decided to go to school and Mm -hmm. I got a diploma in psych and soc from the Lethbridge College And I'm currently doing my degree in psychology and my plans are to be a psychologist. I like it. You're going to be a great psychologist. Thank you. You already know that. I don't even have to tell you. I have been told that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I can just get things out of people. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's been quite the advantage at work. (laughs) I like it.
1: So do you think there's anything else we should add about us or should we jump into maybe what the future of this
0: adventure looks like? Um, I think we could talk a little bit more kind of just about our experiences in the past year Mm. that really pushed us to want to start a podcast and why we think there needs to be a voice. So like Mm -hmm. there's been quite a few issues I've encountered in the past year and a half that I found so frustrating. And I would definitely say that I got to work with a lot of different organizations. I had the privilege of working as a recovery coach for a while. And in doing so, I really got to develop really personal relationships with a lot of people on their recovery journey. And I saw them in all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And I really got to work with one of some amazing organizations. They're doing so much for the recovery in this city. And they, we really need to start showing and giving the gratitude where it's due to these organizations that are trying so hard Mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. And, I really like there's some there was just some stories from some clients that, you know, they say they just don't understand like the unfairness of the system or how they can't be heard. And it's just it's been such a frustrating fight back mm-hmm. all year to try to get someone like, for example, in <laughs> 2021, I think we successfully housed 24 people mm-hmm. through our organization In 2022, we saw 80 new people Mm -hmm. within the first two months.
1: That's insane.
0: Uh, How is that? How do you keep up? Yeah. There's no solution there. Mm -hmm. There's just going backwards. Mm -hmm. In a city of 100,000 people, Mm -hmm. you're telling me the best we can do Mm -hmm. is less than 100 permanent supportive housing beds? Mm-hmm. less than 100 in a city of a hundred thousand.
1: was that point zero 0.01
0: percent <laughs> yeah like that's not, <laughs> i don't know what the that's not, not right, even but. let's yeah that's not even one percent that's a yeah. point of a one percent less than point 0.1 percent of our population has the opportunity to be in a supported safe environment who can't live alone mm-hmm. in permanent supports. Mm-hmm. that's ridiculous so, so that's
1: like people who like if they were to get a place by themselves they would not succeed right exactly so So like they just are not as independent is that kind of the gist of it
0: so these are people who one you take the fact that they have developed extreme homelessness for the past 10 years they have no idea how to function in society they need they don't know how to pay a bill they don't know how to drive a car they don't know how to go get groceries none of that they it's, it's not a social skill they have ever learned. So let's mm-hmm. even just take that into account. Mm-hmm. That alone, trying to live alone is mm-hmm. enough. Now you want to add addiction on top mm-hmm. of that. You want to add extreme health concerns on top of that. And mm-hmm. then you want to extend that to extreme mental health mm-hmm. concerns. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about so many different categories where a permanent need the person needs support. Mm-hmm. And we have less than a hundred of those in the city.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that has to be probably the root of the issue here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is the fact that there is not housing there is not housing for people who deserve to have housing Mm -hmm. and no matter what you want to tell me about where you want your housing in this city at the end of the day you would like this city would rather people just die outside than Mm -hmm. just have a house Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's pretty shitty and then
1: also the last freaking Sorry for saying that word, but (laughs) the last two years we've been living in such a weird state with the pandemic and all of a sudden there's these weird elections with the federal and then also the local and just so many different controversial things happening in Lethbridge revolving around, for example, the safe consumption site that happened around then as well. And then now we're battling a bunch of encampments again in the city. And there's so many people that just aren't using our resources because for some reason, you know, and we don't know the reason, so we're going to find out. That is true. There is I a mean, maybe we have hints at the reasons, but
0: Well, I think the biggest thing, though, is that there just has adequate resources for the amount of homeless we have. And then there is a lot more issues here. Lethbridge Mm -hmm. is such a unique city, Mm -hmm. and everybody deserves to have their voices heard. Mm -hmm. And I want to go out and hear every single voice of why they Mm -hmm. won't go in the shelter, Mm -hmm. why you won't go and access some of the facilities Mm -hmm. downtown, Mm -hmm. and why you don't want to work with LPS, because Mm -hmm. that's another issue Mm -hmm. all on its own. Absolutely. The horror stories I've heard between mm -hmm. the homeless population and the lethbridge police Mm -hmm. are unfortunately very negative Mm
1: -hmm. i would like to see what we what we can uncover
0: i really think that we can start bringing a voice to the minorities Mm -hmm. and the thing is is this issue isn't going to go away Mm -hmm. it's not going anywhere we can't brush it off we can't throw it outside the city Mm -hmm. you want to say well people could just live outside the city Well, a homeless person doesn't have ID. Mm -hmm. The only way they can get money out of their bank account, the little bit of assistance they may get, like their $100 a month, do you know how they access it? By going to a teller that they've known for 10 years that knows them personally by their face. Mm. They don't go to it because they have a Mm -hmm. debit card or ID. Mm -hmm. They go to a teller that's known them by name. Mm -hmm. How is that person supposed to function kicked outside of a city Mm -hmm. or in not having access to downtown Mm -hmm. people need to have realistic solutions here
1: absolutely and we'll definitely hopefully definitely hopefully
0: (laughs) we will hopefully
1: uncover some of these possible solutions um so i guess as a little teaser of like what's to come next uh we really hope that we get to do some really interesting interviews with a lot of really interesting and powerful people just to really hear The voices of those who experience homelessness, addiction, um, racism, even mental health issues. I just want to be able to hear what they have to say.
0: We're also going to be hearing from the organizations that Mm -hmm. also are part of this movement. Hear Mm -hmm. all sides of it. Hear from LPS. Mm -hmm. Hear from the hospital. Hear from Alpha House. Hear Mm -hmm. from McMahon. We want to hear from every organization. Hear from Sage Clan. Mm -hmm. We really want to get involved and hear everybody's opinions and then say, like, Mm -hmm. okay, we've heard all the opinions. Mm -hmm. Like. It doesn't matter who's right at this point. No, absolutely. Who's right doesn't fix it. Let's mm-hmm. fix it. Mm-hmm. Let's have some realistic solutions, guys, because everybody's got an opinion, but nobody's had solutions that work. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's end on that and we'll just do a quick shout out then. Okay. Well, Izzy, this has been a wonderful night to have mm-hmm. with you. hmm Uh, I just want to say thank you, and thank you for being vulnerable here with us. Absolutely. Thank you, too.
1: And thank you to all of our amazing friends that have supported our idea ever since the beginning and who have just really helped us light the fire in our passion and get our butts moving. Also, shout out to Three Flag Media for helping us get set up and getting our platform all organized. I don't know. I don't know how we did it, but within the span of maybe two and a half weeks, we have from the idea. Mm. Two and a half weeks we are here recording our first episode. It feels fantastic. So thanks to everyone who helped us get here.
0: I think that's just what fate is, is, and that's what the city needs is some attention brought to this issue. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely passionate about it. Absolutely. Alright, till next time, Methbridge. Thank you for listening to this episode of Depths of Methbridge. We are Rick and Izzy. Follow us on Instagram at MethbridgeYQL or on TikTok at Methbridge. If anything this podcast triggered you and you feel in crisis, please do not hesitate to reach out and call the crisis lines. Catch our next episode on the 20th of every month. Have a good day, humans.